0: Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. This is episode 59. We are talking tonight about the importance of medication. Gemma, how are you?
1: i um, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm plodding along. It is week one of the six-week school holidays, so I am more slightly better now than I will be in a few weeks. But other than that... It's hair all still intact. So for now. I'll be tearing it out, no doubt, in a few weeks.
0: Excellent. We got Uncle Rick in the house. Tracy. Hey Rick. Hey, Hello, Terry Fox. Welcome to the show. Always great to have you guys along for the ride. Um wanted to jump into medicine tonight. This show I wanted to talk about how the medication that we take, the importance of it, um, and staying on top of it. Uh, so let's dive in, and I apologize because as soon as the uh, uh, show started, I got frazzle-brained and uh, all my notes went sideways, but it's okay. Okay we will uh, take a step back and uh, reset Um, let's start with depression Mm -hmm. because that one is uh, one of the biggest problems that I have currently uh, as well as anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, these two go hand in hand Okay, so depression and anxiety—they work together. They go hand in hand. Um, uh, as far as the medications go, uh, I've on, and I—I I don't want to say a number, but it's upwards of about six pills. Mm -hmm. six pills for depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, That comes from trying to um, get everything in order. So I guess we need to start. We just jumped right in. And I apologize for that. Uh, Maybe we should back up a little bit and start over. So, let's talk about medicine from the depression side of things, anxiety. We we need to uh, get an understanding um, first. Gemma, can you go through that please?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so, medication assisted treatment, so it's MAT 101 is an in a in, in Oh my gosh, this is a good start. Innovative pioneering program, but what exactly is it? So M for medication. Medications include methadone, naltrexone, and buprenorphine, and are given to the inmates. A, assisted. The medication assists by curbing opioid cravings, allowing inmates to focus on Reentry and rehabilitation. And then the T treatment, like with anxiety, cholesterol, or high blood pressure, the medication is part of an overall treatment plan to help manage symptoms.
0: Exactly. And then we're going to bounce over to this one.
1: Bring it up on here. So, again, medication assisted treatment. MAT uses medication in conjunction with counselling and behavioural therapy for substance use disorders. So the effectiveness of MAT. MAT is proven to be clinically successful as the medications provided through MAT programmes help patients avoid relapse and life-threatening health complications. Medical professionals use methadone, buprenorphine and naltrexone to treat opioid abuse and addiction. Medications in math for opioid addiction and medications in math for alcohol use disorders. Most, the most popular medication to treat alcohol use disorders are, oh, dis, disulfiram. Oh, you've given me a belter tonight.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I can prostate and naloxone. No, naltrexone. Oh my naltrexone. goodness. That was a test and a half, wasn't
0: it? So <clears throat> basically, now I was on naltrexone. Naltrexone is um it curbed my uh alcohol cravings, if you will. Um there is uh medicine out there for uh curbing opiate, uh, drug use. And, um, we can talk for days about medicines that will try and curb addiction. However, um, Medicaid, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Medication assisted treatment is very good as far as, um, when you're working the program Uh Uh, when I was going, uh, I can't think of the words (laughs) when I was going down the road of Uh sobriety, um, naltrexone definitely helped. It was one of the best drugs that I was on. Um, it really does curb that craving. I never thought once about alcohol or any addictive feeling, you know. Um, it It's offered in a shot form, I believe, and a pill form. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my experience with... Um, But one other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, getting medicines interacting with each other. Um, As you can see, uh, sometimes our medicines don't work together, clearly. Um, We did an episode... Two weeks was Tracy.
1: Um, about two or three
0: now, yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago with Tracy. Um, my medicine that day was not working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was collapsing. Like, I felt like everything was collapsing around me. Um, you have to be on top of these things. You have to notice these things, these signs, these symptoms, and I'm sorry, uh, chatter's box. Uh, I, am not seeing the comments right now, uh, cause I'm more of a diatribe, but, uh, you have to notice these symptoms when they come up. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Uh, more than just your, your buddy at work saying, hey, man, I think something's up with you. It's like your whole life is out of order, you know. Uh, Gemma, have you felt any kind of way like that uh, on a certain kind of medicine?
1: yeah i literally just started some new ones recently actually and it was making me really really sickly but certainly with getting on the antidepressants and anti-anxieties i feel like there's so many that don't seem to get on with you and it's trying to find the right one but you've got to go through all the the bad ones to get to the good ones and it really can mess with you and um I remember when I was trialing quite a lot of them, and especially when I started with the opiates, and then when I transferred from the buprenorphine to the fentanyl, oh, like I was not even on this planet for some of it. It was horrendous. Yeah. um, It's like depending on some of it, like I, especially with the anti-anxiety and the antidepressant tablets for me, I just felt like they weren't working, but they were actually affecting me in other ways as well that I hadn't picked up on it. And it was other people that were having to tell me, um, like I'd be completely zoned out. Um, literally walking around like a mummy or something like completely oblivious to everything.
0: It's one, it's 100%. Uh, the way your medicines react with each other mm-hmm. so um, that's why we wanted to do this purpose uh, it's something to really think about
1: oh yeah definitely it's about trying to correct like the levels within your brain mm-hmm. to get you back onto an even keel with your mental health But if it's not right for you, it can completely tip the other way and make it unbalanced to the point where you might end up being worse than you were. But not necessarily in the depression side of things, but in other things as well.
0: Um, Let me go take care of baby girl. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you would uh, like to dive into...
1: We can go through some of these other slides, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so I have personally come off some medications and both changed and just come off them. I've come off them controlled with a doctor's help, but I also admit that in the past I've come off them without asking for help and I've just stopped dead. I wouldn't advise doing that to anybody. Don't ever just stop your medication because that in itself can cause more problems than it's worth. And you are putting yourself at very serious risk. So always, always speak to a medical professional before you stop any kind of medication, because chances are you're going to have to be weaned off of it. You can't just stop dead. Um, it, stopping something, especially something that affects you, your body so greatly, can throw your body into shock and make things happen. That aren't supposed to. Like, this is just some of the um, withdrawal symptoms. I know it says antidepressant withdrawal symptoms, but it's not just for antidepressants. This can be for many, many drugs. So, flu-like symptoms. uh, Sleeping trouble. Anxiety. Tingling sensations. Hypertension. Sweating. Tremors and nausea. Now, I know that I had all of those. And with the tingling, it was also like an itching. Um, I get it when I change my patches. Every three days, I'm on fentanyl patches that are prescribed. Had I have known back then when I was being prescribed them by the doctor, what I know now, there is no way in hell that I would have accepted them. However, I didn't. So I assumed that my doctor knew what was best for me. In hindsight now, I wish I hadn't have accepted them, but we live and learn, but um, the, the sensation for me was like having ants crawling under my skin all over, itching to the point where I could have drawn blood sometimes. Now, I'm quite lucky I don't have nails as such, if you call that lucky, but... It meant that I didn't really cut myself too much, but the itching was horrendous. The nausea, oh, that was was horrible for me, like constantly throwing up, throwing up, couldn't eat. Like if I was hungry, I would eat, but it wouldn't stay. It was just horrendous. The side effects of coming off any kind of medications, especially ones you've been on for so long, that have a huge impact on your body can have such horrific withdrawal symptoms when you're coming off them. So never just stop them dead. You need to come down off them slowly so that it reduces the symptoms of withdrawal. Because if you just stop dead, especially if you're on a really high dose of something, it can completely throw your body into shock, like it'd be like, what, what's going on? Where, why? Why is this stopped? And it won't know how to do, how to deal with it. And sometimes it can cause complications in your body to effectively shut down because of you stopping this supply of what it was once getting, especially if it's been for so long. And then all of a sudden it's stopped and it can be, it can be really quite scary. Um, We've got another one just here that is the similar sort of slide. This is common withdrawal symptoms for everything overall. However, they they pretty much fit with the other one. Irritability, trouble sleeping, tremors, restlessness, depression or dysphoria, and sweating. Again, like I remember having all of those. And it can take quite a while for your body to get back to normal because if you think about it, if you've been taking something for a long time, It's going to take at least a week or two for it to completely get out of your symptom, out of your symptom, out of your system. Um, I know when they said about Thomas stopping his chemo, they've said it will take six months for it to completely get out of his system and his body to start recovering. So that gives you an idea of just how long it takes And I know when you're starting a new antidepressant, for example, they say to give it around six months to know that it's really working. I mean, obviously, if you're taking it and it's having a really nasty effect on you and causing negative effects, then obviously you need to speak to your doctor and potentially look at switching. But um, all in all, to come off something, it needs to be done very gradually, like um, a drop in dose so say for example if you're on like 100 milligrams of something they can drop you down by 5 10 milligrams at a time till you are on literally nothing and then take you off so um it's it's care- you've just got to be doing it carefully really
0: so uh please just a psa from the mental health hour stay on top of your medicines stay on top of your appointments and stay on top of your counseling sessions because they are all solid important um so important to be a part of what you want to see my mind goes like 15 different ways because there's so much to talk about mm-hmm uh in the mental health field. However, um uh depression and anxiety uh are the the big triggers right
1: yeah definitely I mean just to put my experience out there like I have tried so many antidepressants and I think I'd found one that maybe worked for quite a while, but having been on it for so long and then they took me off of it to change because it was starting to no longer be effective. And since then I haven't found one that I think effectively helps me. And now I am not on any medication for depression specifically one of the medications i take is an old antidepressant which is used for pain but it is an old antidepressant i haven't i wouldn't say that i'm getting any relief from that for my depression but um i've certain i said i mean things work very differently over here and it isn't my um i it's not my um like psychiatrist or anything that um, prescribed those things initially some of them did um, counsellors, psychiatrists, whoever but now it's my GP and I find that certainly my experience has been that they tend to opt for the cheaper options first so like citalopram, things like that Um that's their go-to. It would appear over here. And that doesn't do anything for me. The only one that I really got some kind of relief for was Prozac. Mm. And then there's a lot that I, like, I was speaking to somebody, um, a friend that is in the US, and she mentioned one of the, a name of one of the medications that we don't have over here, and they won't (laughs) prescribe it. Over here, you can only obtain it on a private prescription. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it now. But, uh, yeah, you can't get it over here. But I feel like when I've spoken to people from the US, it seems to be a good one for a lot of people. I'm going to try and remember the name of it. But... uh, with i just want to address something that jay asked me above as well i know sure, i have put it in yeah. writing a little bit sure. but it, it fits with what we've just been talking about as well so going forward if ever you are offered a medication from your doctor or anyone and you don't know what it is you are perfectly within your rights to ask for a second opinion mm-hmm. you are perfectly within your rights to research the drug before you put anything on your body or in your mouth and you are perfectly within your rights to say, I I need to, before I take this, get some advice on it. You can ask your pharmacist, you can ask another doctor, you can do the research yourself. I blindly accepted that my doctor knew what was best for me when I accepted the fentanyl. Going forward, it has caused me significant uh, medical problems that have in turn destroyed parts of my body. It's caused a heart problem. It's caused further breathing problems. It's caused like um, bladder and bowel paralysis. Many, many issues, some of which they can't indefinitely pin down to this, but there is a lot that they do pin down to opioids. So going forward, I would absolutely, before I put anything further in my body, get a second opinion on it and not just blindly accept what they're telling me because it's your body at the end of the day. You should be the one that's in control of it. And just because a doctor's telling you to take that doesn't mean you have to obviously get advice. And depending on what it's for, like if it's for something that is like, like chemo or something else, I mean, again, you want to know what you're putting in your body. But if it's something for, like, pain, for example, or something that there are alternatives of, maybe look into that first rather than just blindly accepting what your doctor's saying. I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor. That is not what I'm saying. I am just saying there are options out there at the same time. Yeah. There we go. And yeah, steroids definitely need to be slowly decreased. Thomas was on those as well.
0: Absolutely. Very, very. Yes. So the biggest thing I wanted to discuss about this is how fucked up you can get from your medications. Mm -hmm. um, You know, contradicting each other. All right, Gemma.
1: uh... I will talk about some stuff to do with that, yes you go sort the little bit of that (laughs) Um, so Tim wanted to touch on making sure that your medications don't clash there are certain medical books like I know there's one that I have BNF, British National Formulary and um, the doctors and things use those uh, here, you can obtain them yourselves as well There are some, even in the leaflets that you get inside a a pack of medication, I think. I have some here. And you will always get, yeah, this is is an anti-sickness, I think, for Thomas. Yeah, this is an anti-sickness. And inside the packet, you will always get a leaflet. Even if it's one of the pharmacy white boxes, you will always get a leaflet. That is inside of it and it will tell you on if there is anything that you should definitely not take i have been given medications that contradict each other don't expect your doctor to always look up what you're on because mine certainly didn't and it will tell you on the leaflet the name of the drug it's usually the brand name the drug name Any warnings and precautions. There's everything on it. Um, And one thing that I advise to do. If you're on any medications long term. Especially. Carry something with you. That if. If God forbid anything happens. And you're out and about. And you are unable to talk. And tell people what you're on. Even if you can. You don't always remember what it is. Carry something with you that tells A medical professional what it is you're on I've normally got a really good example of it I've taken it off a medical bracelet with a card in my wallet and that tells them what I'm on but every medication's got some form of a leaflet that will tell you everything about it just check if it's a new medication that there isn't something on there that you're on because even though doctors are meant to have your full medical history and everything and it's all supposed to be on there what you're taking it isn't all they don't always check i've certainly found that and it doesn't hurt to just double check yourself before you take anything before you put anything into your body check it because it's you that's going to be having these effects you that's going to live with these effects so it won't hurt to check it. Ask questions if you're not sure. Because at the end of the day, it's a lot easier to ask questions before you take it than it is to ask why, when you've taken it, if you've had the problems. So every every medication should have some form of leaflet with it. If you get, like, say this is a box of 28, if you are prescribed, say, 10, for example, often a pharmacy will give you, like, a white box or something. If it hasn't got the leaflet in it, ask for it. Um, I'm assuming that's the same across the board, but uh, everything has always got some sort of information in it. But then you can also look it up online. Just make sure it's a reputable website that you're doing it on. Um things like that but you can ask the chemist as well you can ask your pharmacy and you can always go and ask your pharmacist for a like a medication review see what you're on tell them what you're taking and just make sure that it all is supposed to be taken with each other some will say don't take at the same time as like i've got one that says do not take at the same time as any indigestion medication And then some of it will say, take on an empty stomach. Some of it will say, take after food. So make sure you're doing what's right with the medication as well. The more you're on, the more difficult it can get. But once you get into the flick, into the swing of things, then it becomes more easy to do that. You back.
0: I'm back. So you're crushing it. Uh, I thank you. You're crushing it. Um, that is true i mean i i really want people to take from this podcast um the biggest message about medication is to watch what chemicals are going in your body Mm -hmm. because sometimes that shit fucks you up man oh yeah Mm (laughs) i'm i'm not gonna lie uh like, look at the episode with Tracy. Uh, I was on a new medicine, and it was not feeling, uh, you know, it was not mixing well with me. So Yeah,
1: you could tell you were not yourself. It, it doesn't hurt. Like, even if the doctor says to take it, it doesn't hurt to check before as I said before, it is a lot easier to check before you put it in your body than it is to check what's going wrong once yeah. it's in your body.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: because it can really cause a whole heap of imbalances and troubles that you wouldn't have even dreamed of just by taking one medication. It, it really can mess you up from being completely spaced out to com- causing very, very quite severe problems.
0: So I did want to tell a story mm-hmm. <clears throat> on this episode. Um, I was working at the firehouse. Um, I had just started uh, so this was back when I was uh, still not, I was still drinking, but I didn't want to admit that I had a problem. Um. So, I tried some medicines and what have you. And uh, the chemicals did not work well together. Anywho, long story short, uh, I was working one day and uh, my medicines that I was on were making me very sleepy. I uh, I went home from work. I stopped working that day. And I went back to the doctor. And we had to uh, make some adjustments and uh, get things straightened out and correct. Because... Uh, <laughs> You can't, not everybody's body is the same and not everybody's body is going to accept the same line of medication. Mm -hmm. Um, So it might be a little bit of shopping as I was talking about before uh, Penelope interrupted us. Uh, You got to shop it out. Um, You have to shop it out just like your counselor. Or your doctor, your medicine is so important. Uh, Gemma, do you agree?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, they, I I remember many different occasions where I've had horrific side effects. Um, when I start, it's funny actually. When I started this new one just a few weeks ago, one of the side effects of that was. Tiredness, excessive tiredness, and I was stood in the kitchen. Um, and I was going to make myself a drink. Yeah, she does not want to be put down. She's like, "No, nope, I'm quite happy." For you. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> bless. She does not want to be put down. She's she she likes being on the screen. I think she likes being on that on her daddy. But yeah, I was stood in the kitchen making a drink and the next thing i know i'm being woke up because i'd fallen asleep stood up and headbutted the cupboards in front of me and that's why some of them will say like do not operate machinery do not drive because they can cause excessive tiredness and things like that so uh it's it's hard and especially in the first few weeks and months of getting used to medication it's trying to know Whether it's an effect that's going to go away when you get used to it and whether the pros outweigh the cons of taking it and bearing with it as to is this going to be a complete and continuous issue that is going to affect my life where I really need to come off it and change it because they do say to give it so long to get into your system to get used to it so that it can help you but at the same time you don't want it to affect you to the point where you can't function at all yeah it's it, it's it's hard because everybody reacts differently it's definitely not a one size fits all for certain medication like pain relief something you simple pain relief medications Like, just for example, um, there's, I I can't remember what they're called in America now, Um, like paracetamols, your um, ibuprofen, what's it called? What's your pain medication called over there that you can buy over the counter? I'll know it if you say it. Say it again. Pain medication that you can buy over the counter there, what's it called? Like paracetamol. Ibuprofen. What's it called?
0: Morphine.
1: No, it's a... Gosh, what is it called? No. I've heard people mention it's... A, tylenol. That's it. There we go. That's the one. Thank you. That's the one. Thank you. Um, And I, w- I was shocked when I was in America about the things that I could buy over there, actually. um, Because I was able to buy... um. Oh dear, which is it again? There was a drug I was able to buy over there, which you can't over here, but then I was also able to buy melatonin over there. And over here, melatonin is a controlled prescription drug. You can't get more than two weeks at a time if you're lucky. And I had to go through absolute hell to get Thomas to get the um, melatonin. And yeah, we will let you buy codeine over the counter here it's the 8300 uh 8200 strength yeah um 8100 cocodermol yeah but when it comes to pain medication like the the Tylenol the Advil for me because I'm on such a high dose of other pain medication that won't even touch me anymore like I get no relief whatsoever from that Yet somebody who's not used to taking pain medication, it will it will probably help them depending on the type of pain that they have. And that's what we say about everybody's different. Everybody's got different pain thresholds. Everybody's got different tolerances to different medications, whereas some people have you can be absolute outright allergic to some things and then you can be where you can't tolerate it or your body can't break it down properly. And you can react differently to it. And um, it's about trying to find something that works for you that doesn't coincide with anything else that you're taking at the same time. Because the last thing you want to do is take something that's going to throw everything else off balance. And usually, I'm not saying this in all cases, but if you've got a physical condition, like I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, And that will come and throw other complications in, like I have a slight, very, very slight heart murmur. I've got Crohn's disease, colitis, asthma or COPD. And it's trying to get all of those conditions, making sure that everyone's treated in the way it needs to be. But one medication for one thing doesn't affect the other medications for the other thing, if that makes sense. Give Tylenol like candy. Yeah, they they used to do here, like it's paracetamol uh, here, and they used to give it, like, loads here. But um, they're, they're clamping down a little bit now. It's like antibiotics. They used to give loads out here, and now they're realising there's a, a resistance to antibiotics because of being overprescribed and it's they're trying to claw it back now like be like oh dear we've given that much out now people are building a resistance to these medications which you can do when you're on something for so long your body becomes used to it and you build up a resistance to it which is what i was which like when tim said about how he'd been on an antidepressant and they changed it probably because he'd been on it that long that his body had built up a resistance to it and um That's the same with a lot of medication. If you're on something for so long, your body can build up a resistance to it where you need more. Like me with my pain relief. When I started the patches, I was just on the one. um, And it was a lower dose. And now I'm on more and more. And it's got to the stage where what I'm prescribed isn't enough anymore. And I have said that I want to come off these patches but at the same time i don't want to be left where i'm just in loads of pain all the time but um it's trying to find something that's going to help make sure i've got some quality of life not space me out not like make sure i'm not in complete agony but not give me any more nasty side effects or anything and um, like, hang on, I'm just checking the comments. Five milligram and ten milligram. Yeah, so you can buy melatonin from the grocery store. Like,
0: his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs>
1: I know when I was in America on holiday, I was surprised at the amount of things you could buy there. And then over here, it's a no-go. It nearly came to me then the medication that I was able to buy. Yeah, I'm on a prescription for it here. And I can't, I can't think. Many people forget to tell the doctors what supplements they're taking because even certain kinds will cause your prescription meds to not work correctly. Yeah, that's true. Um, And like, even just vitamins and things. Um, But then, there's the, when you go down the self-medicating route as well, like, over here, I can only comment over, over here, such as cannabis is illegal. It is a an illegal drug and you can be in very serious trouble with it if you have it however in recent months or so they have started prescribing it to certain people but people that will take that for example that it isn't prescribed to if you are on other medication as well then um, it can have a really serious effect on you and even even stuff you can buy you medication you can buy over the counter can affect what you're already taking. So you must make sure you tell your doctors what you're taking so that they can make sure that you're the right things. And if you need to stop taking something that you're administering yourself, then they should be able to tell you.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness.
1: You're having fun tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This has been... <laughs> the worst one yet.
1: Yeah, she was having none of it.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: You were quite confident earlier as well. I said, Don't "Oh my jin- god." It. I said, "Don't jinx it."
0: <laughs> now, can you tell me how that baby girl? Can you hear? Yep. Yeah. Isn't that something?
1: You tell like me how her. my
0: baby girl be so happy for five seconds and then... She was
1: perfectly fine. alive.
0: Uh, I love her to death, though. I love her she so is. much. Oh, my goodness.
1: It's, a, it's hard at times. It really is. I remember it well.
0: Guys, I apologize. These will... Be back to normal again. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the thing about um, kids. They're the boss for they many, are many the years. Boss. Like Thomas will be nine in September. And now he doesn't cry. But I know that when he comes into the room, like you saw it earlier, and he was like, Mommy, I thought, hey, what's this going to cost me? I just knew it. Like, he's got a certain tone about him. That when he says, my, when he says mummy in a certain way, I just like, right, this is going to cost. So, and I I remember saying to myself, I can't wait till Thomas can start walking and talking. And then when he could, I'm like, whole let take this back.
0: He, <laughs> he breathed him.
1: <sighs> because he never shot up. <laughs> He never shut up. He was all over the place. I couldn't keep on top of it.
0: Alright. So this was a disaster of a show. But we still got your mental health hour in. Yeah.
1: And I, I I'm pretty sure the message got across still. Even um, though. Even
0: distance. You know what? I would like to do a short um uh, get back on top of these shorts. Do you hear Penelope? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would like to get back on top of the YouTube shorts uh, whatever uh, we were doing there do a, a talk on this medication stuff this is very important um, it's, it's super important and I'd actually maybe like to revisit this episode maybe later down the road but uh, as you can hear I don't know,
1: maybe a guest could come on and talk about medication, if anybody wants to be a guest on the show that is familiar <laughs> with medication. Other than Penelope.
0: Oh, my goodness. Let me go get her.
1: Um, I should really start shouting the shows out. But, um, yeah, thank you for putting these on, because I can never remember. So it is Catalyst Wednesday today with Jim. 11 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Pacific. And that's like 4, um, uh, UK time?
0: It's not even oh. remotely hey, close to bottle
1: time. So where are we?
0: It's not even remotely there we go. close to bottle time. Look at this lump of coal. There you go.
1: She's got her own way. She's perfectly quiet.
0: Episode 59, Penelope.
1: Wrapped right round there. Mm -hmm. Wrapped right round that little finger. (laughs) And she will have forever, uh, for years to come. Mm. Oh, she's definitely the boss.
0: Bless her. All right, guys. Mm -hmm.
1: I've done the, um, I've kind of shouted out. Jim's Catalyst Wednesday. Yes. I'm just going to go through the others real quick.
0: Yes, we've got um, Catalyst. We've got Bearded Weirdo. We've got Ray of Sunshine. We've Ray got Ella, sunshine. a bunny mum. Yeah. We love her. We love her, love her. Bunnies. Love her, love her. Love her, love her. It's <laughs> just one of those
1: days. Yep. I'm sure there'll be many more of them.
0: But, hey, this is what the Mental Health Hour is all about. hmm You've demonstrated
1: so many topics that we have discussed on the Mental Health Hour right here for mm-hmm. everyone to see. Many. Sleep deprivation, patience, okay. so many things. And, yeah, like, real a real quick serious note, like... <laughs> There's no way I think that you could have done that until you sorted your own mental health out because it gets really stressful, especially when you're on your own with a child. Yeah. So to have sorted your own mental health out like that.
0: There's no goddamn way I would have been able to do this. No. I, I love every minute of it. What did I just do?
1: Yeah, I'm not guilty, so if you've done anything it wasn't
0: me. <laughs> oh good. Um I uh I have loved every minute of this sobriety. hmm And she is just I can't even mm. describe my words right now. I got everything I ever wanted right here.
1: And you deserve it. You've worked so hard to overcome all that. And I bet if you think back, there's no way if you thought back to how things were that you would have thought then that you would be holding your own child at this stage.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a crazy thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: to be... Life
1: is crazy.
0: ...some... Addicted, drunk, loser. And then here here you are. Uh, I love her every day. She's the best thing that has ever happened to me.
1: Absolute unconditional love right there. Uh,
0: Anywho, I think she's about due for a bottle. (laughs) Yep,
1: she's telling (laughs) you the bottle.
0: (laughs) So we're going to cut her off. Um we'll get back to some good episodes. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, Love it. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll see you next week on the mental health hour.